Philippians chapter 4 in your Bibles. I'm going to read a couple of verses for you. Philippians chapter 4, and we're going to start in uh, verse 4. The Bible says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Verse 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. Notice that phrase in verse 6. Be careful for nothing. Verse 7, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Let's pray, and then we'll jump into it tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to preach. Thank you for our church. Thank you for our pastor, Lord. And I pray in the short time that we have here that you would speak through me. I pray that you would speak through your word, Lord, to minister to our hearts. And I pray in a few minutes when we walk out those doors, we would be strengthened, encouraged, edified, and drawn closer to you as a result of a time here in church tonight, Lord. We love you, and we thank you. We ask all these things in your name we pray. Amen. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, the Bible says, Be careful for nothing. And obviously a familiar cha- uh, passage of Scripture. But oftentimes, I mean, how, how often do we worry about things in our lives? We worry about money. Will we have enough? Will we ever make more? Can we pay the bills? Can we buy that new thing that we need? We worry about our relationships. We worry about uh, maybe your marriage or your friends or your coworkers or children and how can you raise children in this world that we live in to live for God. We worry about our own lives. Will I be a success? Will I be a failure? What will I amount to? What is the purpose of all this? What does the future hold? And, or how can I overcome this, uh, this sin in my life? We worry about trials and sickness. Why is God doing this? How will he fix it? And again, what does the future hold for me? And I feel like often, more often than not, at least in my life, in the life of many Christians, worry and stress and anxiety is a part of our lives. Worry is to be uneasy in the mind, to feel anxiety about something, to fret. Interestingly enough, it comes from the old English word that means to strangle. What an appropriate definition. Worry strangles our peace of mind and our enjoyment of life. Billy Graham once said this, at its best... Worry and anxiety distract us from our relationship with God and the truth that he is the Lord of heaven and earth. At its worst, anxiety is a crippling disease taking over our minds and plunging our thoughts into darkness. And when a pastor asked me yesterday to preach, immediately I uh, thought of a passage of scripture uh, that I read uh, not too long ago. And if you flip back to 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 6, and maybe a familiar story uh, to some of you. Uh, tonight, but I feel for sake of the truth, I would like to go through it. Second Kings chapter 6, and we pick it up in verse, uh, we'll start in verse 8. And again, before we jump into this, we're talking about worry tonight. We're talking about stress tonight. We're talking about anxiety tonight. Whether you want to admit it or not, every single one of us, when we put our heads on our pillow at night, we have something on our mind. We have something heavy on our heart. We have something that we're worried about even this week, how we're going to get through it, what we're going to do, what, how God's going to open the doors. 2 Kings chapter 6, and we'll start in verse 8, but before we read, understand here the king of Aram, which is now the nation of Syria, he's at war with the northern kingdom of Israel in this passage. And in the secrecy of his war room, the king plans to attack Israel and, and take Israel by surprise. But every time, as you read the passage, he arrived at that place he had chosen to sneak up and attack Israel, he would find Israel's army was already there defending it. 
And so he became infuriated. He was impatient. He was uh, angry. What, what is going on here? And so the only reasonable answer in his mind was there must be a, a spy in his camp. There must be somebody who is relaying the, uh, game, the attack plans to Israel. And so he confronts his officers and uh, asks them, and they say, listen, it's, it's none of us, king. We're, we're not doing it. In fact, it's Elisha, that prophet, who in Israel, he tells, the, he tells the king of Israel every single word that we're planning, and so they know before we go there. So the king orders his men to go and find and capture this prophet. They tell him he is in Dothan, and then uh, he sends horses and chariots and a, and a strong force there, and went by night and surrounded this city where Elisha and his prophet are. And that's where we'll pick it up in 2 Kings chapter 6, and pick it up in verse uh, 12. And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber, saying he's the one telling him, he's the one informing them. And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither horses, chariots, and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early... And gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we go? So here we are, uh, the king of Syria sending his forces, sending his troops to kill Elisha, to keep him from uh, telling the battle plans to Israel so that they can't defend themselves. And so he sends his full forces, and they circle, and they uh, trap Elisha and his servant where they are. And so Elisha's servant comes out and he looks and he sees these chariots and he sees these horses and he sees these armies and these soldiers around and circled around them and starts to become worried and starts to panic and starts to stress and starts to become anxious at the situation. And so he goes back, pick it up in verse 15. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, the host compassed the city with horses and chariots and his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? What are we going to do? We're trapped. Verse 16. And he answered, Elisha, fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. So he says, you need to open your eyes and see the bigger picture. Yeah, you see these, uh, these the Syrians around and, and, and they're ready to capture us and attack us. But he says, there's someone who works for us that's bigger than them. There's someone who works for us that's more powerful than them. There's someone who knows what tomorrow holds. There's someone who knows what we're going through. There's no reason to stress. There's no reason to be anxious. There's no reason to worry. And he prays for the servant to open his eyes, and his eyes are open, and he sees these chariots of fire from heaven surrounding the army that's surrounding Elisha. And what does he understand that day? He understands the truth that, hey, God is in control. This uh, Tonight, if I can share with you just a simple thought, we won't be long. And here's what I want to focus on. Introducing God into the equation changes the odds, no matter how frightening the situation looks. Tonight, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're stressed about, no matter what you're worried about, 
No matter what you're anxious about, no matter what that thought that nobody knows but you and maybe your spouse that you worry about on a daily or weekly basis, can I tell you, when you introduce God into the equation, it changes the odds completely. We all have worry and anxiety and stress in our lives. A lot of questions we want answers to and problems we want solved and unknown futures and new beginnings and the change that, that brings fear. But ha have I noticed this in my life, every time my mind wanders to that place of worry and anxiety, my mind and heart at the same time is so far from being focused on God. And Christian, you need to understand tonight to stop trying to control everything. And the phrase says, let go and let God. There's no reason we need to live a life of worry and fret and fear. There is a God who is in control, who has a plan. If we would just open our eyes like that young servant of Elisha and see, hey, he's got it. He's in control. So tonight, quickly, I want to share with you a few thoughts. How can we overcome worry, anxiety, and fear in our own lives? And I say to you, number one, remember your position. Remember your position. Pastor talks about all the time your position and your condition. But can I say to you tonight that if you are saved, if you are a child of God, then Almighty God, He is your Father. You are a child of God. Luke chapter, six, chapter 12 Verses 6 through 8 says, Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings, and not one of them is forgotten before God? But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Also I say unto you, whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. Understand this morning, if you are saved, you are a child of God. You, he is your Father. You know, oftentimes I think that as Christians, we think that we're supposed to live this life that's constantly full of trials and that God is always testing us. And yes, trials come. And the most godly, the godliest men I know, including our pastor, have been through trials and tribulations. But at the same time, can I tell you tonight that God is not trying to mess your life up. God is not trying to bring stress and worry in your life. He's not trying to bring pain. He's not trying to uh, allow you to fail in life and not have success. No, he's your father. Yes. He loves you. He has a plan for you. Yes. And every time we get worried and we get anxious and we get stressed, we forget that, hey, we are saved. Our position in Christ, he is our father. He is in control. And our mind starts to very often to think of the situations and allow our circumstances to determine our decisions rather than focusing on the Lord and understanding, hey, he's in control. But I know this, God loves you and he does not want bad for you. He does not want failure for you. He does not want stress and anxiety and worry for you. Hey, growing up, my dad would do anything for me that he could. There was something that, a place I wanted to go or if there was uh, something that I wanted and he wasn't able to get, he would do anything he could to help me. Now, of course, there was times when he had to teach me a lesson and I had to learn the hard way and I had to grow up and mature a little bit. And God teaches us those lessons and God brings us those things. But at the same time, he says, your earthly father cares for you. How much more do you think I care for you? Why are you stressed? Why are you worried? Come to me and I am there with open arms. I will help you. When God's into the equation, the odds change. The odds change completely. Fear not, therefore, the Bible says, you are of more value than many sparrows. God's got you. Find confidence in your position in Christ. You have the answers. You have the truth. Turn to him and find rest and peace and joy. You know, it's like having the, uh, it's like having the, uh, 
the ingredient, the medicine to, to cure cancer. If I had it tonight, I would go around and I would, I would give it to everybody I can that I know in my life is struggling with cancer, or battling with sickness and illness. And tonight, you have the solution. You have the medicine to have peace that passeth all understanding, to have joy in your life, to have victory. And that's God your Father, but yet we have that. We have that medicine. We have that cure, and we ignore it, and we shun it. And we start to buy the devil's lies and focus on our circumstance and focus on our situation rather than opening our eyes and looking and saying, man, maybe I don't see the end of the tunnel, but I can trust in my heavenly father because I am his child. You are saved tonight. And I say, remember your position. What else does the Bible say? Psalm 55, 22, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 3, one of my favorite uh, verses in the Bible. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Can I say to you tonight, Stress, worry, anxiety comes in your life. Be careful for nothing. Remember your position in Jesus Christ. But can I say this to you as well tonight? Stress, anxiety, worry, not only remember your position, but take that time to rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Man, count your blessings. I tell our teenagers all the time, understand how good you really have it. Just stop. Take a breath. Put things into perspective. Hey, you're here tonight. You have your family. You have a church you can go to. You have your health. You have people who love you and care for you. You have the word of God sitting on your lap tonight. You can come here on a weekly basis and grow in a church that's impacting their city, in a church that's thriving and growing, and you have an opportunity to be a part of that. And, man, that's just a tip of the iceberg tonight of how good God has been to us. And what does the devil try to do? When stress comes in our life and worry comes in our life and anxiety comes in our life, he tries to get us off of the goodness of God and start to focus on these little trials and tribulations that maybe God's just using to teach us, to start focusing on the negative, to start thinking we're all alone in this, to start thinking God doesn't care about me, he cares about them but not me. Well, God has a plan for them but not for me. No, can I say tonight, remember your position and rejoice in the Lord. He is good, he loves you, and he has a plan for your life. I don't care what age you are this morning or tonight. If you are breathing, if you are here, he has a plan for you, and he wants to use you. Don't let the devil bring stress and worry and anxiety. Give it to the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord in church. Thankful that we have a church, and I got to be part of the Sunday morning service last week, and I'm not usually, but I love when Pastor has the songs on the screen, and we get time to worship and to praise the Lord. Understand that. Grasp that. Praise the Lord in church. Hey, praise the Lord alone. Do you ever have time throughout your week where you're praising the Lord, where you're on your knees thanking him for everything he's done for you, where you're understanding the goodness that he has on your life? Hey, where you're singing, when you're praising and worshiping him, hey, you'll never... Well, I shouldn't say never because I have a couple of bets going on. But you probably won't ever hear me sing in church. But when I am in my car, I can tell you I'll sing to the Lord and worship on, on, on my way to work. And, man, I love it because it's just a time to forget everything else and just to sing to the Lord about his goodness and, his, and worship him and praise his holy and good name. When you worry and stress and anxiety, how do we overcome it? Remember your position. Number two, rejoice in the Lord. Number three, Saturate your heart and mind with spiritual things. Saturate your heart and mind 
with spiritual things. Can I ask you this tonight? What do you intake on a daily basis? What do you intake on a daily basis? You know, I have to catch myself sometimes, whether it's social media and politics and and all, all the stuff that comes on and you start to get stressed and you start to think and get worried all these things and your mind gets far from God and you're going on Twitter and you're going on Facebook and Instagram and you're seeing all these things and, and even, even sports too much. Hey, just focusing on the Astros cheating brings a lot of anxiety in my life. So take time to step away from that. Take time to take a step back and understand, hey, you know what, what am I intaking on a daily basis? What does the Bible say we should focus on? Don't take my word for it. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. When you are focused on the things God wants you to be focused on, when you're intaking the things that God wants you to intake and living in fellowship with him, it's very hard to let worry and anxiety and stress take over in your life and strangle your spirit. Why? Because you're intaking the things that God wants you to focus on. You're in that fellowship, as Pastor talked about, that constant daily fellowship with the Lord. You want to overcome worry and stress and anxiety in your life. Remember your position. Rejoice in the Lord. Saturate your heart and mind with spiritual things. But can I say this also tonight? Serve. Serve. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. When you are involved, when you are serving, when you are soul winning, when you are getting your hands dirty for the cause of Christ, it's very hard to worry about yourself and your own problems. Look at Jesus Christ on earth. We talked about in the teen house this morning uh, following the example of Christ and Philippians and becoming more like Christ. And Philippians talks how he became a servant. He was here immediately, what? To serve. You think he didn't have a lot on his mind of what he knew what was coming on the cross? But he came and he served. And he set the example for us to, hey, stop worrying about all these things and serve other people yeah. in your life. And it's amazing how God will bring answers to prayer and how God will work. Uh, maybe a couple months ago, we were on the bus, and uh, it was one of those Sunday mornings. We've all been there and kind of woke up, and you're running late, and you're rushing, and starting to think about the week and things we had coming up and uh, getting, you know, a little stressed and worried and things were going on at work and meetings and stuff. And so I'm starting to think about all these things that are coming up this week. But I know the Lord wants me to be in my position and to serve, so I'm on the bus. I'm there, and we go to our first stop right over uh, down here by Osborne Street, and two little girls get on the bus. And one of the girls gets on the bus, the little sister says, hey, Brother Zach, I made this for you. And she hands me a picture, never has done this before, but hands me a picture, and it's all colored. And on the uh, picture it says, um, worry less, pray more. <laughs> and I thought, you know what, if I was never serving, if I was not getting my hands dirty, even though I didn't feel like it, I wouldn't have had this reminder from the Lord, from this bus kid. Stop worrying, pray more. God's got it. He's in control he loves you. You are his child. Don't let the devil strangle your spirit with stress and worry and anxiety. I said tonight, remember your position. Rejoice in the Lord. Saturate your heart and mind with spiritual things. Serve. And can I say this also tonight, number five, if you turn your Bible quickly to Matthew chapter six. And we're going to read a few verses in Matthew chapter six. Familiar passage, but I think it's important that we read it tonight. Matthew chapter six, and we will look at verses 25 
through 34. We're talking about overcoming worry. We're talking about overcoming stress, overcoming anxiety in your life. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25, the Bible says this, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What shall you eat or what shall you drink? Nor yet for your body what uh, you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Verse 26. Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Verse 31. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of these things. Verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall uh, take thought for the thing of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Number five, can I say to you how to overcome? Surrender. Surrender. I tell our teens all the time, try to on a weekly basis, stop worrying about this and stop worrying about, you know, who am I going to marry? Who am I going to date? What job am I going to work? How is this all going to work out? And focus on, what does the Bible say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things shall be added unto you. Can I say to you tonight, you have worry, you have stress, you have anxiety, things are coming up, decisions that need to be made, how is it going to happen? Stop making your main focus that and make your main focus surrendering and seeking the Lord on a daily basis. And the Bible says that when you surrender and when you seek the Lord with your whole heart, he'll take care of everything else. He'll take care of everything else. You read the passage, he knows your needs. He knows what needs to be taken care of for you to live. He knows what you're going through. But he says, take not for tomorrow. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Hudson Taylor gave this excellent advice. Let us give up our work, our plans, ourselves, our lives, our loved ones, our influence, our all, right into God's hand. And then when we have given all over to him, there will be nothing left for us to be troubled about. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. John 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let, your heart, uh, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Can I say to you tonight, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing. But my hand is raised tonight and saying we all have that one need in our lives. We all have that one thing we're worried about. We all have that one thing that brings stress when we start to focus and think about it. Can I tell you tonight, remember your position. You're a child of God. He loves you, and he has a plan. Can I say to you tonight, rejoice in the Lord. Stop focusing on the negative and the lies of the devil and focus on how good God has been to you. Can I say to you, saturate your heart and mind with spiritual things. Serve the Lord with gladness. Get your hands dirty in the church. Jump in. Be a soul winner. Be a bus worker. Be a Sunday dinner worker. Be a choir member. Jump in and serve. And can I say tonight, number five, surrender to the Lord and seek him on a daily basis. You know, a story goes that uh, they were on, a commercial plane was taking off and all these passengers were on this plane and it was a long flight, a very long flight. And a man was sitting next to a uh, little girl. And on this flight, 
and then start, turbulence started to hit and it started to shake and, and uh, all the passengers were starting to get worried and it, it, the, the stewardess were sitting down and the lights, seatbelts were coming on and, and the turbulence was pretty rough. And this man noticed the whole entire time that this plane is going up and down and this turbulence is hitting that this little girl is just kind of sitting there and she's calm and, you know, she's in control and she's just sitting there, you know, with a smile on her face and everyone else is kind of freaking out as this plane goes up and down and eventually it steadies out and it lands and that man looks over to that little girl and he said, hey, you know, that was, that was scary. You didn't look phased at all. You didn't look at that worried you at all. She says, ah, I don't need to worry. She says, my dad's the pilot. He's taking me home. I'm good. He's got it. Can I say tonight, God is your pilot in your life. He's in control. There's going to be turbulence. There's going to be trials. There's going to be tough time. But he's got it. He's in control. Every head bowed, every eye closed tonight.